I'm Courtney. And this is Inside, Inside the, the Files. So today's episode is called Sick and Twisted because both of our cases are very sick and very twisted murderers. Autumn's is significantly worse than mine. Mine's a little bit more mellow. But we're going to power through it. My case is on Hamilton Fish, better known as Albert Fish. And my case is on Harold Shipman. So, as a formal disclaimer, Albert Fish, he's not a guy for the gentle-hearted. Um, just as a fair warning, there is rape and molestation, there is murder, there is cannibalism in this episode. There is pedophilia. We, yeah, we, we are not taking any offense if you need to sit this episode out. Uh, we understand that things like this can be really hard to deal with, so we just wanted to let you guys know in advance that our cases aren't exactly for the faint-hearted, so just as a fair warning before we get the ball rolling that this is going to be a heck of an episode to deal with, but if you stayed this long, thank you so much, and we're going to power through this together. And if you are leaving right now, we will see you next week with a brand new episode. For those of you you are going to stay, Let's welcome. get to it. <laughs> So Albert Fish was the kind of guy who, the more you know about him, the less you want to know. His, his background carries some heavy weight. So Albert Fish was the child to Randall and Ellen Fish. Randall was 45 years Ellen's senior when Albert was born. So he was 75 when... Albert came into the world, his mother was in her 40s, and unfortunately this plays kind of a role as to how the story progresses. So, Albert was five when he went into an orphanage because of the fact that his father had passed away, and it was noted on record, and is to state for most of his family, that mental health issues were pretty prevalent. His mother at the time was having auditory and visual hallucinations and felt that she could no longer care for Albert. So he went into an orphanage after his father passed away and he spent until he was nine in the orphanage. Um, Albert had four other siblings, um, which was Albert, Walter, Annie, and Edwin. His original name was... Hamilton, but he began to go by Albert after being called Ham and Eggs at the orphanage, which, out of all the nicknames in the world, I really don't think that's the worst one. Mine was far worse. He got it off easy. Mine was Richie. Mine was Noni Baloney. Like, I just... Yeah, I don't think Ham and Eggs is the worst nickname, but I guess whatever, whatever drives you crazy drives you crazy. Drove him straight down to crazy town. Yeah, apparently. So this orphanage was known for beating the children who lived there. It was a very common practice, and during his entire time there, he was continuously beat by the people who run the orphanage. Unfortunately, this led to him actually growing to really like it. He is stated to have become a sadomasochist because of the beatings he endured at the orphanage. So much so that towards the end of his stay at the orphanage, 
he was getting erect during these beatings and other children were making fun of him for it because they didn't like it and it made them cry. But what made them cry was causing Albert to derive pleasure. And this leads to a whirlwind of events that happen throughout his life. Honestly, if he hadn't gone to the orphanage, I would argue that he probably wouldn't be the person that he is today. Because I would have done nothing to have started this. But uh, who's to say that things wouldn't have been worse if he had stayed with his mother. But, I mean, she could have ended up with her visual and auditory hallucinations. She could have, you know, who knows what she could have derived to with having a kid. What if she started hallucinating about Albert and then, you know hallucinated him to be something evil and then started beating him and end up coming down to the same. Right. Um, so in 1879, Albert had just turned nine. His mother had secured a government job and was able to return to caring for Albert. Unfortunately, his four years in the orphanage had done its damage. And him moving home, he would actually beat himself with belts or other materials that he could find around the house because he derived pleasure from it. He didn't understand why nobody understood why. It became an addiction. Yeah, why he really liked it. Fast forward a little bit. When Albert turned 12, he began a homosexual relationship with a telegraph boy. And this young man introduced Albert into drinking urine and essentially playing with all bodily functions in a sexual manner, whether it be, like, shit, piss, or blood, this young man introduced Albert into it, and he became very aroused by this, and it became fetishized that he was really into it, and this never stopped. Later on in the story, it'll make a lot of sense. Yeah, this becomes a lot more apparent, like, later on where... These little tidbits of information that seem useless now come into a big effect later on. It's kind of like a tunnel effect where, you know, it starts out really small and then the light gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that that's Albert Fish's story. After meeting the Telegraph Boy, um, around his 13th birthday, he began spending a lot of time in public baths. Where he would watch boys undress and spend an increasing amount of time there. To the point where his mother was saying that he didn't see Albert for entire weekends because he was at these pu- these public bathhouses. In 1890, Fish had moved to New York City where he became a male prostitute, allegedly. Um, Albert said around this time he also began raping young boys and this was a crime that continued until his death. So it, he just kind of kept going on a very negative path. From the word go. Albert Fish had had many opportunities to change his life. He didn't have to stick on the path that he was on. Kind of a train wreck that he did. So, Albert Fish is now an alleged prostitute. He has homosexual tendencies. He likes little boys. And that is not a good combination. All that has been confirmed in this entire thing. Albert Fish had a really interesting thing happen in his 20s. 
his mother was like, you know what, I know that you're doing your own thing over there in New York, but like, I'm your mother and mothers knows best. I'm going to arrange a marriage for you. They were married as of 1898, which is eight years after he moved to New York City and was a male prostitute and had his fun and games. And they had six children, Albert Jr., Anna, Eugene, Gertrude, Henry, and John. I know, we already had this talk about Gertrude. Feel it's rough just, for Gertrude. Everyone else has normal names, and then you get hit with that Gertrude kind of thing. Like, Gertrude. I get it, it's like the time period, but like, nobody else has a whack-ass a whack ass name like that. So, his wife ended up leaving him in 1917. Go you. Got out good. Throughout 1898, Albert worked as a house painter. Wait, did he ever do anything to his own kids? No. Thank God. No, he did not. Apparently that is where his respect line was drawn, is that he would fuck other people's kids, but he wouldn't fuck his own. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So, throughout 1888, during this time where he was getting an arranged marriage and procreating... Albert worked as a house painter where he continued molesting young boys, specifically boys under the age of six. He really, he liked them really young. It reminded him of times where he was in the orphanage. So for him, anything older than like five to nine was kind of out of his wheelhouse. But throughout his life, he slept with people up to the age of 16. But there's no one reported older than that, other than his wife. So Which wives. at least that was consensual. We don't know that. We don't know that. We hope it was consensual. Albert had gone to jail in 1903 for embezzlement. During this time in jail, he had sex with many men, which I'm sure was really nice for him as a break from not being with his wife. Since he was gay. He's very gay. He. There are times where he's sleeping with women throughout his story and even then it's very brief and very few he much preferred to be with men which was kind of risky for the times but i guess homosexuality can't stop won't stop and it was like that back then too in 1917 shortly after his wife left him fish began hearing voices much like his mother had years ago he started to have auditory hallucinations and this led to him, I believe, it was literally like a drunken disorderly kind of thing where he was just acting out in public and the police had arrested him and put him in a mental institution because he was complaining and hearing voices and the police at that point decided it was safer for him to be put away. I think it would have been safer if they would have just kept him. Yeah, well. For much longer than he actually stayed there. I think yeah. that was the safest that that world had ever been. So unfortunately, a little bit of hopping around because I was kind of lazy and didn't organize my notes chronologically. It'll get better, I promise. But as you're reading and you're writing and then a bunch of dates pop up, you just kind of get shuffled around. So when we look back, 1917 was the year his wife left him and they had gotten married in 1898. In 1910, seven years before his wife left him, Albert Fish met Thomas Bedden. 
At the time, Thomas Bedden was 19 years old, and he was from Willington, Delaware, and this is where this crime takes place. As Albert's alleged first attack, Thomas Bedding was one hell of an attack. Albert and Thomas are alleged to have been in a very short-term relationship, where Albert had taken Thomas to a farmhouse and beat Thomas close to death. After this, he bisected Thomas's penis, and he learned about this bisecting and castration in 1898, excuse me, from a museum and used it on his first male victim. After all the torture and pain was done, Albert left $10 for Thomas and his troubles. Which, to me, $10 is not jack shit. Wouldn't cover anything in American healthcare, but... Well, especially since, like, he didn't, like, he didn't untie him. He didn't, like, you know, let him go and give him 10 bucks. He just left 10 bucks laying on the ground in this barn and was like, Thanks for letting me cut your dick in half. Here you go. Well, right, and the sad part is, is that through, I've checked multiple different sources on this, no one reports if Thomas ever made it. So we have like, no, we have, there's no proof that he went to a hospital, there's no proof that he spoke out, there's nothing. As far as anyone is concerned, Thomas was beat damn near to death, left $10 for his troubles, and then was nothing. His, was his, like, body ever found? No. Like, so nobody went back to this barn and was like, I don't think Tommy. anybody ever knew. Like, didn't his parents report him missing? He was 19. I, I mean, mean, it was yeah, the early 1900s, so it's not I like. Mean, I'm almost 21, and if I'm. Don't but, talk to my mom for more than, like, a week. But think she, of the times. Like, like, 1910, it wasn't like it was advanced. Anything. Well, yeah, and I guess, like, you know, you didn't have fast means of communication. All you really had was, like, telegrams and stuff. Well, like, physical contact and telegrams and letters and, like, quite frankly, anything could have happened. And unfortunately, if times had been more modern, I think he would have been caught. Yeah, I think I'm, because it's kind of weird because my case takes place long after, like, at least 40 years. Well. We could do the math, but we're not. We could. But it takes place long after, because mine takes place in the 1970s to the early oh, 2000s. Oh, so well more modern. Oh, well more modern. Like, modern medicine, because mine is very medical. It's about a doctor. Um, so mine is far more... So I think that's where I'm getting... Where I'm like... Where I'm like, why didn't they just, like, you know, call the police and report him Right, because, I mean, unfortunately, things just weren't that advanced. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1919, in Georgetown, Washington, D.C., he stabbed a mentally retarded boy, and he continued the trend of random stabbing specifically with that group of people. I have got a big fat, juicy problem with that one. No, no, no. Here's, here's what's better yet. He stabbed the mentally retarded and African Americans because he thought no one would miss them. No one would miss them? I gotta... I got beef with this dude. If he wasn't already dead... But that's the thing. He'd be... Think of the times. I like, get it, it that the times... For him... But it, just hearing it, it sounds like I'm it like... It just I sounds want to, bad. I want to hurt you because you are... 
the you're a shitty person. Actual worst. I mean, you guys will hear it gets worse. Like this is this is mild. This is, like in a lot of worlds, this is awful. Like he's stabbing people. He like left some guy for dead and like bisected his dick. But it gets worse and it gets far worse. If you heard in the description, like in the disclaimer, pedophilia. Cannibalism. Yeah, this it's this doesn't gets stop. Million of times worse. But still just hearing this brief part of just like he was stabbing random people that were like he thought nobody would miss them because apparently they're not important just because they're mentally disabled or black. Right. And I only used the 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 wording of mentally retarded because it is what it had written verbatim. Sorry if that is sensitive. But it is verbatim what was listed on his rap sheet. So I just kind of... Well, but also, like, think of the times again. Yeah. I'm going to pull that card now. It's it's the difference of things where, like, retarded then didn't mean what it meant now. I mean, like, there's a lot worse of a word they were probably using for African-Americans. Yeah. Far worse word that we are far too paper pasty white to say. (laughs) Way not in that boat. But regardless of that, he just very much, he was not a great person, and he never showed signs of being a great person. It wasn't like, oh, he stabbed people, but he, like, donated to charity, or he, like, he found cures for cancer, like, he had no good traits. He was literally just just a piece of human garbage. Correct. Like, imagine the biggest, grossest, like, you know... Waste say waste site that you can think of, and he is ten times worse than that. She was telling me about this earlier when we were in the car, and I was. But to to explain very quickly, I told her earlier, so she didn't respond so poorly when she heard it again. Because if this had been the first time of her hearing all of this, as you will find out later, it hits like a ton of bricks. Yeah, if I hadn't like. This case is so bad, she had to give me, like, a co-host on this podcast, a disclaimer. It, like, it's not she had to give me a disclaimer in order for us to talk about this. And I had sent her a text, like, a couple days ago just saying, hey, I don't know if this is a topic I should talk about, because... Like, she was actually getting, like, nervous to talk about it on yeah, this podcast, it's just, because it, it's, it's so... really hard. It's so vile and disgusting. Well, this... This shit don't stop. In July 11th of 1924, Fish found an 18-year-old girl. Her name was Beatrice Keel. Unfortunately, this is, like, the least bad thing that has ever happened. Did he kill her? Oh, you'll find out. But thank you for the joke. Um, He found her playing alone on her family farm in Staten Island. He offered her money to help him look for rhubarb. Right before she went with him... Her mother chased Fish away, like walked out onto the property, seen her little girl talking to an older man, and chased him off the property. Well, yeah, as any mother would do, because um, there's a creepy man, right? Fish returned to their property later that night, and went to sleep in the barn. Was he homeless? No, he wanted this little girl. Oh, okay. He he really is a crime of opportunity, like. He's an opportunist. He's like, oh, here's a little girl that I can defile. Right. He prefers little boys, but he's not going to stop if the opportunity arises. 
Right. If there's no little boys, I guess little girls will do. Right. So, he returns later on to stay the night in their barn. He caused a ruckus, and her father went out to the barn and chased him off for the second time. To which Fish never returned after that. Well, at that point, he's like, okay, now they're probably going to be watching for me. Right. Because, like, I was there, I got chased away... I came back, got chased away. I'm pretty sure they're not going to let this go next time. I'm pretty sure they're going to come out right. swinging. Right, like things are going to be worse from here on out. Because daddy might own a shotgun. So Nobody knows. the two big cases, this is where the biggest disclaimers come in. These cases This is the girl and the boy you are about terrible. Earlier, right? Yeah. These cases are awful. And not in order chronologically either. So I'm sorry for that, but we're just going to cover it with his most famous case for starters, which is Grace Budd. Grace Budd was not the main interest in this. Her older brother was. He, he put an ad in the paper saying he was an 18-year-old white male looking for a job. And... How old was he actually? He was 18. Oh, okay. Like, her older brother was 18. Um, oh, her brother put an ad. Yes, her brother put an okay, ad in the I paper. Okay, I thought you said Albert put an no, ad. No, her brother put an ad in the paper saying he's an 18-year-old white male looking for a career. And he put a fake name in the paper saying that he was Edward Budd looking for a job for his son. His name was Frank. And he was looking for a job, but he was looking for one for himself. But he made himself seem older so that way he could actually get in the paper. Right, so that people wouldn't just be like, oh, this is just some 18-year-old kid. But Albert read the paper, and of course, a young 18-year-old man would catch Albert's eye. Where, I guess I I lied earlier in saying that his oldest was 16. I guess his oldest would be 19 because of Thomas. But it is not stated that he had sex with him. He just defiled He him. just beat him to death. Yeah, he just was an absolute Supposedly. terrible person. <laughs> so, Albert talked to Delilah and Albert, if you want this to be even more confusing. Her father's name was Albert. So we'll just call them the Buds. He had talked to the Bud family to hire Frank to work with his friend on a ship. Which is mentioned later in the letter that this is not un- uncommon. There actually is a ship, but it was essentially a fake job to set up for Frank. But it wasn't starting right away and he couldn't get him there early. So Albert got wise to the situation and asked Delilah and Albert if Grace could come to his sister's birthday party with him where there was a lot of kids, gave her opportunity to play, people to see, things like that. Albert Fish was known to be a very, very sweet man. He was very charismatic. Yes. People like, liked Like him. a lot of notorious killers, he was very charismatic. He was very open. I mean, just like Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer. Right. They were you both extremely known anything. as being extremely charismatic, really lovable people. You like to have a conversation with you because they make you feel good. Right, and that, that was him. He was an older man. Nobody thought anything of it. He probably didn't look like an old kook. Right. So they let Grace go with him. Which is where everything goes wrong. And again, you can see the change in times as 
You would not just be like, oh, some strange old man wants to take my daughter to a, a party? Well, and I guess a fact was missing. He went there to talk to them about Frank getting a job. He had continued contact over the next, like, week or two while they were waiting for Frank to get his job, quote, end quote. But during this time, he asked to take Grace to his sister's birthday party. Fish left that evening with just Grace, and she never returned. Grace was never taken back to her home. Fish wrote an anonymous letter and sent it to her parents, which alerted the police to Fish's activities. He never put his name. It never had anything about him. Just from the outside of the packaging. So I'm going to read this letter. And it's not easy. So if you want to leave now, you might want to. Yeah, if you're if you get queasy easily, this next this next part's probably a good time to tap out. So I'm going to get started on the letter. Dear Mrs. Bud, in 1894, a friend of mine shipped as a deckhand on the steamer Tacoma, Captain John Davis. They sailed from San Francisco for Hong Kong, China. On arriving there, he and two others went ashore and got drunk. When they returned, the boat was gone. At that time, there was famine in China. Meat of any kind was from one to three dollars a pound. So great was the suffering among the very poor that all children under 12 were sold for food in order to keep others from starving. A boy or girl under 14 was not safe in the street. You could go in any shop and ask for steak, chops, or stew meat. Part of the naked body of a boy or girl would be brought out and just what you wanted cut from it. A boy or girl's behind, which is the sweetest part of the body and sold as veal cutlet, brought the highest price. John stayed there so long that he acquired a taste for human flesh. On his return to New York, he stole two boys, one seven, one eleven, took them to his home, stripped them naked, tied them in a closet, and burned everything they had on them. Several times every day and night, he spanked them, tortured them, to make their meat good and tender. First, he killed the 11-year-old boy because he had the fattest ass and, of course, the most meat on it. Every part of his body was cooked and eaten except the head, bones, and guts. He was roasted in the oven, all of his ass, boiled, broiled, fried, and stewed. This little boy was next. Went the same way. At the time, I was living at 409 East 100th Street, near right side. He told me so often how good human flesh was, I made up my mind to taste it. On Sunday, June the 3rd, 1928, I called on you at 406 West 15th Street, brought you pot cheese, strawberries, we had lunch. Grace sat in my lap and kissed me. I made up my mind to eat her. On the pretense of taking her to a party, you said yes, she could go. I took her to an empty house in Westchester. I had already picked out. When we got there, I told her to remain outside. She picked wildflowers. I went upstairs and stripped all my clothes off. I knew if I did not, I would get her blood on them. When all was ready, I went to the window and called her. Then I hid in the closet until she was in the room. When she saw me all naked, she began to, tr to cry and tried to run down the stairs. I grabbed her and she said she would tell her mama. First I stripped her naked, how she did kick, bite, and scratch. I choked her to death, then cut her in small pieces 
so I could take my meat to my rooms, cook it, and eat it. How sweet and tender her little ass was roasted in the oven. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. I did not fuck her, though I wish I could have. She died a virgin. This letter was sent to her mother, and her mother was illiterate, so her older brother had to read this letter to her mother. And it is then debated over and over whether or not Grace actually died a virgin because Albert was a liar and he was very good at it. And when the buds went to visit him in prison, he said, yes, he did have sex with her. And the letter, he said he didn't. The police overall believe that he never had sex with her because of his strand of homosexual tendencies that it really didn't line up. For him. That it was unlikely that he would actually rape this little girl. Because he had a bigger history with... Of being with men. Men. So if it was a boy, they'd be like, yeah, he definitely... That it was probably something that he did. He definitely molested the child. Obviously. They never found big parts of her body, but her bones were found. And she was buried. That's not to say about this next case. This is the case of Billy Gaffney on February 11th, 1927. Billy was playing with his friend, Billy B. I had to mark them as Billy G and Billy B because I needed to know who was who. And I'm just saying I wouldn't be friends with somebody who had the same name as me. That's complicated. Oh yeah, imagine like... Imagine, though, if you, like, take your friend home for dinner, and you guys are, like, playing out in the backyard, right? Mom comes out, Billy's! Billy's, because there's two of them. So there's Billy G and Billy B. And they were playing outside in the hallway outside of their apartment home. They both lived in the same apartment building. They were playing in the hallway. That's a seemingly safe setting. Well, yeah, you're right next to your home. Both of the boys disappeared. Oh, what could go wrong? But Billy B was found on the roof of the apartment building hysterical. Alive. Yes. He was at, He was untouched. He was alive, but he was hysterical. Was this the same day he went missing? Yep. Within a couple hours. Billy B said the boogeyman took his friend. Albert Fish. Yes. I keep wanting to call him Finch. Finch? Yeah. I don't know why. It's Fish. So Joseph Meehan was a motorman on the Brooklyn trolley, and he saw a picture of Albert Fish and identified him as the man he saw that day. Meehan said he saw an older man sitting with a little boy who wasn't wearing a jacket and who was crying for his mother. He was dragged on and off the trolley. His body was never recovered, and Billy's mother visited Albert in prison later on. Which leads to the second thing I have to read. I I keep saying it's a letter, but it's really not. Billy's mother went into Sing Sing Prison, where Albert spent his last days, to talk to Albert and essentially ask, what the hell happened to my son? It was more of a comfort thing. She wanted to know what happened to her son. And I don't blame her. If I had a kid and he went missing and it was blamed on the fucking boogeyman... I would, would want to know, like, what did you do to my son, and what did you do that terrified this other Billy? Right, and that's the thing. Billy B 
won't talk about it. He will not talk about what happened when he disappeared. So well, it was probably so traumatic that he feels like if he talks about it, or his brain happen. just blocked it out and he just honestly oh, that's does right. not it remember it. It could have been so traumatic that he doesn't remember. So Billy G went missing and his mother went to the prison. And this is what Albert had to say about what happened to Billy Gaffney. And so this is from like, this is what like his mom said. No, this is what his mom heard. Oh, so, but, like, she wrote it down. Yes, she wrote it down, and I don't know why. And apparently shared it with the world. Well, we and it could have just been the police heard it, because I'm pretty sure that that's something that someone would stay in the room for. Well, especially with how sick and twisted he was. Sick and twisted. Um, with how sick and twisted he was. They would be like, oh, we're not leaving this man alone. It's probably a safety anybody. thing. So this is what Albert had said to Billy G's mother. I brought him to the Riker Avenue dumps. There is a house that stands alone, not far from where I took him. I took the boy there, stripped him naked, and tied his hands and feet and gagged him with a piece of dirty rag I picked out of the dump. Then I burned his clothes, threw his shoes in the dump, threw his shoes in the dump, then I walked back and took the trolley to 59th Street at 2 a.m. and walked from there home. Next day, about 2 p.m., I took tools, a good heavy cat of nine tails, homemade, Short handle. Cut one of my belts in half, slit these halves in halves, in six strips about eight inches long. I whipped his bear behind till the blood ran from his legs. I cut off his ears, nose, and slit his mouth from ear to ear, gouged out his eyes. He was dead then. I stuck the knife in his belly, belly and held my mouth to his body and drank his blood. I picked up four old potato sacks and gathered a pile of stones. Then I cut him up. I had a grip with me. I put his nose, ears, and a few slices of his belly in the grip. Then I cut him through the middle of his body, just below the belly button. Then through his legs, about two inches below his behind. I put this in my grip, with a lot of paper. I cut off the head, feet, arms, hands, and the legs below the knee. This I put in sacks weeded with stones, tied the ends, and threw them into the po- into the pool's of slimy water you will see along the road going to North Beach. I came home with my meat. I had the front of his body. I liked best. His monkey and peewees and a nice little fat behind to roast in the oven and eat. I made a stew out of his ears, nose, pieces of his face, and belly. I put onions, carrots, turnips, celery, celery, salt, and pepper. It was good. Then I split the cheeks of his behind open cut off his monkey and peewees and washed them first. I put strips of bacon on each cheek of his behind and put them in the oven. Then I picked four onions and when the meat had roasted about half an hour, I poured about a pint of water over it for gravy and put it in the on- and put in the onions. At frequent intervals, I basted his behind with a wooden spoon so the meat would be nice and juicy. In about 2 hours, it was nice, brown and cooked through. I never ate any roast turkey that tasted half as good as his sweet, fat little behind did. I ate every bit of the meat in about four days. His little monkey was as sweet as a nut, but his peewees I could not chew and threw them in the toilet. So Albert Fish is alleged to have a couple more. He, there's nothing confirmed as to these other cases. Because it's essentially, it's really his M.O., 
but nothing ties him to being at that crime. So he was charged for these two cases, right? Yes. And only these two. Yep. How many was he suspected to have killed? There, the number is between three and ten. Is but there are two cases that fit his M.O. to a T. But they don't have any forensics. Correct. And him. a lot of it is assuming that Thomas is dead. Does so just because also... of his beating, they think that he's dead and they want to put that on him as well. Does this also pertain to any of the molestations, rapings? No. This is That's a totally separate number because... They can't. They don't even have right. definites on that. Well, because not everybody comes forward. Well, right. And even at the time, who the hell would believe you? Right. If you're like, oh, well, this- homosexual, the yeah, homosexual agenda back then was far different than it is now. Whereas now, if you're like, I'm gay, everyone's like, oh, okay, that's great. But back then, you got to think it's a lot it's, different. Oh my god, they're probably the like, oh my god, we have to stone you now. But you are as good as dead. It's. It's just a different time, and unfortunately, that number will never be known, and it's a shame, because there are so many victims who went unnoticed, and there are a number of people who will never get the recognition, who never got well, because all of the them, recognition they all deserved. All of them are, I mean, thinking about how far back this is, all of them have to be dead at this point. Correct. I mean, it's 2020, it's like, what, over a hundred well, years? and I just think of it this way, his kids had to live with that. Yeah. His kids lived past him and had to deal with the fact that their father was right. A they had to deal with job. being Albert Fish's kids, and you have but to think wonder about who's like Albert they... Junior. That's not who you would want Albert to see. Albert Junior, Albert Fish Junior. Oh my God! Because anytime anybody heard his name, I wouldn't be surprised if the kid changed his name later well, in and, life. And that's the thing. Like Albert Fish was originally Hamilton, right? So maybe that led things differently, but regardless, there were six kids out there with the last name of Fish who were totally related to this man, and it makes me wonder, because he, him and his family have mental health issues, makes me wonder if that was passed down, it makes me wonder how the children felt moving past that, and having to deal with the fact that that was, that was their legacy, that's, that's what they have left, is their father. I wonder father. if it, like, scared them to a point where they're like, this is our, this is our, like, this is our, our dad. Fle- this is our flesh and bone. Like, Grandma had auditory and visual hallucinations. Right. Dad, dad had, had problems. Grandma had problems. Their family had right? problems. It's like, this could our, be our, It's like one of us, the next, the next you know, one. awful human piece of garbage that's gonna, you know, go psycho. Or are we gonna be like Grandma and, like, well, and the worst Get the part help is, is that we need and overcome kids, our mental illness. His kids talked about him, saying that all in all he was a good dad, but they had very weird games where it was essentially like the kids self-inflicting pain on them, on themselves. Like and he they taught thought his that, kids how yeah, to do this? Yeah, and it was like, he made it a game so it wasn't like a parent, but they thought that was a little weird. I feel like he shouldn't have been a parent. Well, six kids too late. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just thankful that he didn't, that none of his kids had to go through what other children had to go through. But regardless of anything, this case is done. Um, He went to Sing Sing Prison in New York, 
and died of the electric chair. So it is a wonderful thing to know that this will never, ever happen again. And everything is taken care of. He, and he's, he's long dead, long he's gone. He's dead, he's long gone. And I wish there was a way that his victims could get closure. So, But they've all at this point. At this point they've dead. all passed away. And I hope that they lived successful lives. And at the end of the day, they had a home and a family that they valued to make all of this go away. To make all of the bad go away. That they didn't suffer too... Too bad. Too bad for too long. But that was my case, and we're going to move to Courtney's case on Harold Chipman. But first, we are going to talk about our crime of the day. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Crimes! Today is March 6th, and... Um, March 6th of 1997, a gunman stole a Picasso painting, and then it was returned a week later. Which I really love. We are not, just to state, Crime of the Day is essentially just going to be us picking a crime that happened on that day, and us talking about it as a really friendly segue between two cases. Because this Especially shit is these hard. two cases, so this is on a much happier note. Nobody died. He just stole a painting. Was like... You know what? I like that painting. I want to take it. I don't want to pay for that. So I'm going to bring a gun. I'm just going to steal the painting. I'm not going to shoot nobody. Well, so here's the thing. It was a million dollar painting. It's not like he stole. It's worth more than my life. <laughs> Theoretically, yeah. I There's no way I'm worth a million dollars. I'm worth like a penny and like a blizzard ten, from Dairy ten Queen. Ten cents and chicken nuggets. Um, so <laughs> crime of the day is just going to be us having a moment where we pick a headline for a crime and we just shoot shit about it because when you have heavy cases like this, you need a moment to breathe. I think it's fucking hilarious that he stole a million dollar painting and then they and then, just like, did he go back and be like eh, I don't it all it says this. is it was retrieved a week later. Like, so I want to know if like, he that they were trying it. to smuggle it. To make money. Right, and then they found it mid-smuggling before it Well, it's not like country. a million dollar painting. It's not something that goes unnoticed. Depends on how big the painting was. We a don't million know what... dollar painting doesn't go unnoticed. You're, if you steal that shit from a museum... Well, okay, yeah, they're going to notice it's gone. But, like, Especially because it also... it's fucking Picasso. Right. He just made abstract shit. I'm sorry. He was great, but like... His stuff was... I'm not going to sit here and make fun of art. I'm not making fun of there art. there's going to be someone somewhere who's like, you're fucking uncultured. I'm going to be like, you're right. I don't I'm know shit. I'm an artist myself. You know this. I don't know shit about art. You know shit about me. <laughs> you know that I'm an artist myself. Or used to be. Huh. Lovely. Times um. get tough. But, yeah. So that was our crime of the day. was just some cocky man. Allegedly. I'm going to assume it was a man... Women don't seem like the I type. I mean, it said gunmen. Gun but even then, like, would they really say, oh, yes, this gun woman? Gun woman? Gun woman. But regardless, I'm going to assume it was a man, stole a million-dollar painting from a museum, bought it, found its Especially way back. Especially since women are just smarter than boys, so, like, would... Like, they wouldn't have gotten caught with it. I mean... It... They would have... Women chat. They talk. A lot. Who's gonna talk? Be like, 
Oh yeah, so Becky, you want to hear what I did this weekend? I guess it might. Look at my new home decor. This, this weekend, dollar I went painting. and stole a million dollar Picasso painting. Oh my gosh, I'm living no, for it. No, she would hang it in her fucking house, and then everyone would be like, "Wow, this painting looks really familiar," and she'd be like, Haha, "Yeah, it's Picasso. I bought it." Oh, how much was it? With a my million dollars. With my fingers, and I just just had to have it. So thank you all for listening to everything that involved Albert Fish. I know it's a lot to carry. So we're going to switch on over to Courtney's case, which is Harold Shipman. My case is on Harold Shipman. His murders took place between 1975 and 1998 when he was finally caught. He was born January 14th of 1946 and killed himself in prison using his bed sheets from his jail cell. Wow, pretty stereotypical. Sorry. Oh, wait, it gets better. On January 13th of 2004, the eve of his 58th birthday. He's like, bye. He was found by prison guards at 8.10 p.m. Don't ask me why. Did he just kill himself after dinner? I think so. I think he was like, yeah, that was a pretty good prison dinner. I think I'm good to go now. And it's odd that I remember that because I did not write that down. (laughs) I did not write what time he was found down, but it's there. Once you read something enough times, you're like, I got it. It's there in my brain. So That's how I feel about Thomas from the previous case. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, yep, I got you, Thomas. Uh Uh-huh, Tommy boy, you were... I know that your penis was cut in half. I'm very well aware. (laughs) All the people that, like, skipped over Albert Fish because of the ginormous disclaimer we gave them um, are now... Really wondering why. (laughs) What was going on with Albert. Um, anyways, uh, he had a few nicknames. He had three. Dr. Death, the Angel of Death, and the Good Doctor, which is actually the opposite of what he was. He was a terrible doctor. Yeah, well. Mm. To each his own. You'll hear what he did in a minute. He'd probably be a millennial favorite. Oh, probably, because he killed a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, the amount of victims he has is kind of unknown. We know he killed roughly 215 to 265 plus people. <laughs> Between the ages of, like, 43 and 97 or something. So he preferred old folks. Well, this was the kind of doctor that he was. Is that eventually... Oh. I mean, okay. for a long time he was a uh, general practitioner at Donnybrook Medical so Center. So he wasn't like a family doctor. He pretty much just covered. Pretty much. I mean, I couldn't really find any of like if he had his own practice or well, I wouldn't want him to. What he did, but I know that he primarily saw this group, this age group of people, because that's where his all of his victims fall. He didn't really see young people. So I really don't know. I could not find... The last thing that I could find on him was that... Uh, of where he worked in... Starting in 1977. Which, mind okay. you, was two years after he started killing people. Oh. Wow. So, anyway. Uh, he studied medicine at Leeds School of Medicine, graduating in 1970. He was British. So he was in the UK. So he was a fancy boy. <laughs> he began working at Pontefract General Infirmary... After going to college. And then in 1974, he began working as a general practitioner at Abraham Amrod Medical Center. 
1975, the year after he got this job, he was caught forging prescriptions of pethidine, or Demerol, it's narcotic, uh, for his own personal use. What's it do? Do you know? I mean, it's a narcotic, so it's like a... Probably pain relief? It's a severe pain medication. Okay. Um, He was fined 600 pounds, or about $773 American dollars, and uh, briefly attended drug rehab. By briefly, I mean, like, a month or two at max. Okay. Um, And then, after that, he became a general practitioner at Donnybrook Medical Center in 1977. I'm actually surprised that he got a job again, but then again, it was the 70s. I don't think anybody was really that strict. Well, also taking into account that, like, he was probably a man of money. Mm. Like, I don't think he was, like, broke. He would have had some power. Right? I couldn't I couldn't really find what his, like, wealth was. Were. I, I guess if I, like, really searched for it, um... Which I was kind of more for focused on the absolute shit fest that he... The train wreck of yeah. Harold Chipman. <laughs> but, I mean, he was, you know, a doctor that was well-known in the 70s. He was convicted of killing 15 women. These are the people that he was actually, like, arrested, convicted, and sentenced for killing. Mind oh, you... Oh, that makes sense. So that that's where his life sentences came from. Yes. Okay. So um, it wasn't, like, a random number. It was per no, person. No, it was okay. per person. He received a life sentence for each person, but we'll get into that a little bit later okay. when I talk about what his actual sentencing was, because the judge had some things to say about this yeah. man. Go figure. So he was convicted of killing 15 women. Marie West, Irene Turner, Lizzie Adams, Jean Lilly, Ivy Lomas, Muriel Grinshaw, Marie Quinn, Kathleen Wagstaff, Blanca Pomfret, Nora Nuttall, Pamela Hiller, Marine Ward, Winifred Mellor, Jean Mella, and Kathleen Grundy. That is a lot of women. <laughs> Mind you, they're also all women, so I guess he primarily saw women, but later on in the statistics it said that he did also kill men. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't actually, like, they weren't actually able to convict him of any murders, including men. With all of these women, he signed their death certificates and forged their health records so they appeared that they had health issues that caused their deaths. Okay. But more about Kathleen Grundy, because she was actually his... He was the last victim that he ever killed, because things started to get a little bit fishy. So she was the last woman shipment killed. She was found dead in her home on June 24th of 98. Shipman actually performed her, like, autopsy. Okay. And signed her death certificate recording old age as the cause of death. But she, I mean, she wasn't a young woman. I don't know quite how old she was, but well, she wasn't. Well, like, how many times that happened. Right, then. she wasn't because younger. Because he's kind of, if he was doing all of it, he very easily could have just swept something under the rug. Oh, and he definitely did. So her daughter, Angela Woodruff became concerned when solicitor Brian Burgess informed her a will had been created for his mother, Mm -hmm. for her mother. There were heavy doubts of the authenticity because the will completely excluded Woodruff and her children Mm -hmm. and left 386,000 pounds or about 497,569 U.S. dollars to shipment. Okay. Which... So Angela was like, "I leave all of my money to my doctor." Angela was like, "My like, 
they had a really close bond. Right. This mother and daughter, they were really close. So if anybody was going to be in her will, it was going to be her daughter and her children. Because she loved being grandmother, she loved her children. So Woodruff went to the police because she's like, hey, look, this isn't right. Like, why would my mother leave all of her money, all of her life savings to her doctor? Like nobody, because right, nobody wouldn't, leaves I wouldn't money leave to their this doctor. To my general practitioner, right? To my family doctor, I wouldn't leave my entire life savings, right? And then totally be like, oh, but my daughter and her kids can figure it out, right? Because I would much rather leave it to my family than send your doctor. Quack of a doctor, right? Even if he's like the best doctor ever, which clearly he isn't. He's not, but like still, even then, like you wouldn't leave money to your doctor, so. <clears throat> An investigation began, and Grundy was exhumed, and traces of diamorphine, or heroin, were found in her system. This particular type of heroin, back in the 90s, was used for terminal cancer patients. Okay. To, like, help with their pain. Okay. Again, yeah. <laughs> things have changed <laughs> since the 90s, and Shipman claimed that she was an addict. And showed them comments he had written in his computerized medical record. However, all of the documents were found to have been written after Grundy had passed away. Weird. So he so it was forged. Like yeah, they he, knew it was forged. He did the same thing he did in all the other cases. Was forged their medical documents to state that they were in poor health. Said that she was a heroin addict. Shipman was arrested on September 7th. 1998, and was found to own the same typewriter that had been used for Grundy's will. This prompted police to investigate other deaths that Shipman had certified, thus finding the other 15 cases that were kind of fuckety. Literally same MO, except he didn't go as far as to forge wills for the other people. This was the first case that he forged a will for, and, and I obviously failed. Right? He would have just been, I mean, better off just killing her and kept going, because chances are nobody would have figured it out. So they investigated other deaths and came away with 15 or 14 additional cases that included lethal dose, doses of diamorphine, signing death certificates, and forging medical records to indicate poor health. Shipman continuously denied guilt, disputing all of the literal scientific evidence against him. They had so much evidence, it was literally case point closed. Because... All of their medical records were done after they were dead. Which is weird. Which is like, okay, but if she was suffering from X, Y, and Z, she would have had documents of this before. She would have had documents of this long before she died, and how could you have these medical records after she died? You didn't see her after she died, except when you performed her autopsy. Which, like, this doesn't add up. You can't say, like, oh, this person was into this, but, like, no, not really. Right. So, he was found guilty for 15 murder charges and one count of forgery. That one count of forgery for forging Grundy's will. He didn't get in trouble for forging medical records, but for forging her will, they, they really cared about that. He was sentenced for 15 different life sentences, consecutively, and four cases, uh, four additional years for forging of the will. And his judge, Mr. Justice Forbes, which, I'm sorry, if you're my, if I ever go for a crime and my judge's name is not Justice, I don't want it. <laughs> like, I don't even want to be in I don't want to be in that. I want my judge to be named Justice. Anyways, 
So, Judge Forbes recommended that he never, ever, ever, ever be released on parole, anything. Because he felt that this guy was this dangerous that, like, he can't be in, in society again, ever. So then in 2002, a report was found that he had killed at least 215 people and possibly as many as 60, including men and women between the ages of 47 and 73 in the beginning of 1975. So, like, starting in 1975, like, pretty much as soon as he got back... As soon as he was able to practice Well, pretty much as soon as... This was the year that he had been found um, forging prescriptions Mm -hmm. for himself. So, like, 75 was just a bad year for him. I don't know what caused him to do this. I couldn't find any history. He had a good life. You know, he had mom, pops. He could have had, like, an underlying... It could have been, like, house. Where right. he has, like, an underlying condition of something, but he's over-treating it. Right. Because, I mean, in any other sense of the word, he was a happy dude. He had a happy childhood. He had a good old mom and pops. He was a middle child of... I mean, maybe that's the problem. <laughs> he was a middle child. <laughs> he was the wrong. middle child of... attention, did you? He was the middle child of three boys. They, you know, they lived a happy life. They weren't... They weren't poor. They weren't extremely rich. They were kind of middle ground. So, like, he had a good childhood. He, like, unlike Mr. Hey, Fish over there. Fish tried. No, he, he didn't, didn't try. He, he didn't try. He totally gave he up. He gave up at the age he of fucking nine. He could have done he so pretty much, much better. No, not pretty even. Pretty much he could have been was, executed at age five. That sounds it bad. It literally but had records so of him better. having erections during those beats. He could have been killed before nine, and it wouldn't have changed anything. He was a shitty person from the word go. But the problem is, is that, like, no one's going to tell a seven-year-old that they deserve to die. His mom should have swallowed him. And yes. let's be real. Or that maybe, sperm maybe, should have gone Maybe into his older brother mom. Albert shouldn't have died. And Hamilton should have. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the fucking truth if I ever heard it. But so like, then, it's one of those things where it's like he he had a genuinely good life and fucked it up. But H- Hamilton had a genuinely shitty life and Hamilton. Ham and eggs. <laughs> Ham and eggs. Hamilton had a genuinely shitty life and like it's just he never he never tried. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I was talking to my mom about this case. When I was talking to my mom about Albert Fish, she's like. You know, you can't say that it was an orphanage that made him that way. I'm like, no. I mean, you can, because truly it was the beatings that started it all. Well, yeah, the beatings but made it's him like a no one, no one is to say what his life would have been if he hadn't gone. Mm-hmm. Or if he had gone to a different orphanage where, oh my god, they gave them hugs and love. Like, no one's to say it would have changed anything. He had other problems. He was right. just fucked up. But this um. guy seems good on all accounts. He I just, mean, he was he just really you know, liked to kill people. He was a trusted guy. He was extremely charismatic. He was a trusted guy. People like, I mean, he was killing people from 1975 to 1998, and nobody suspected a thing until he was he like, a will. until he was like, oh yeah, she old age, and then suddenly a will pops well, up. Well, that's the thing. Like, what if, <clears throat> what if he hadn't? Done that? Do he probably would have could have gotten away he with it. He probably would have killed for a lot longer because before the will popped up, nobody suspected anything. Well, you know, it, it reminds me of like the Kevorkian thing where he was killing people. In, 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 he was killing people who wanted to die. That's the difference. Like 
these people wanted to die. It was essentially assisted suicide, but it was very illegal and very frowned upon. Mm-hmm. But he was practicing illegally because he wanted to give people the right to die. If you don't want to be around, he understood. So it's it's kind of like the reverse Kevorkian thing where, like, he, Kevorkian practiced and honestly probably could have kept going if it wasn't something so scandalous, but this guy could have kept going had he really not fucked it up. Right, had he not gotten kind of money hungry, because I'm, you know, I'm guessing he just, like, popped up and was like, hey, maybe I could start, like, making some profit off of this. Well, right, it's not like he was a stupid guy, he was a fucking doctor. I mean, he was, and as as far as I was able to read, he was actually an incredibly smart doctor as well, which clearly he he was able to, he literally could have been like, I could profit off of this, because you would know who of your patients is a little more on the wealthy side. Right? And I'm actually wondering, though, because what I couldn't find is any record of, like, because we have the estimate of how many people he's killed. Mm -hmm. We don't know who, and we don't know how. Is that like a HIPAA thing? I don't know. I couldn't, all I could find on it was like, yeah, we estimate he killed this many people. Like, between this number and this number. Because I think some of them kind of fit with the same MO. But I don't know, like, if he well, continuously... Used... how many people died under wrongful circumstances. Mm-hmm. Because they just did. Well, because I... I mean, what I want to know is, like, were they all killed with diamorphine? Or were, you know... Did he have a different way that he was killing people that... Well, like, we were talking... Like, there was nurses for a really long time that were just killing people oh, by Oh, I love... There's a, there's a documentary on, I think it's Netflix, and it's Nurses Who Kill. Mm-hmm. And it's all about nurses. Um, well, I mean, when you think of it, it, it's kind of weird to me to think that a doctor was killing this many people. Like, hearing about a nurse with those kind of numbers, I wouldn't even second guess it, because nurses are more hands-on really shocking to me to hear a doctor with those kind of numbers as opposed to a nurse. Like, if a nurse had a 200-plus rap sheet, I wouldn't even question it. Because it makes sense to me. Sure, there's one out there. Because you are, as a nurse, the hands-on person. Right, you are way more hands-on. The doctor, like, pops in, pops out. But, like, a nurse is there for a 12-hour shift. But even then, it's kind of onto something. Because not super hands-on. His nurse is hands-on far more. But he can tell the nurse, like, hey, why don't you pop out? I'm gonna, I need to talk to him for a minute. Give him a lethal dose of something. And then walk away, because it doesn't matter. Walk away, and then they're gonna suspect more of the nurse. Because, because he's a doctor. He was only in here for a couple of minutes. Right, and that's pretty, it's pretty standard, like, I don't think anybody's ever changed that, like, Especially Doctors if you're have in a, always been the hands Especially if you're in a hospital setting where right, it's like nobody, you have you many have time. where you have many patients at one time and you only pop in to, you know, either give good news, bad news, tell them about like you know the what, and then that's what it. their treatment or procedure is gonna be. And then, you know, they peace out and they're like, Yep, your nurse will take care of you for the rest of your you know, your stay. They check in once a day. So, yeah, I mean, it means there were, a doctor is almost, like, rare. Right, because you see the nurse most of the time, and then you see the doctor for a couple of minutes. That's how it goes in family offices, too. Depending on, you know, what you're right, in there for. Where your nurse is doing all of your, like, <clears throat> your care, essentially, you know, vitals. and they, they even do vaccines and shit. Like, it does not come down to the doctor. So I guess maybe, maybe that's right, where 
he was onto something because no one would have suspected him because they're really not there. Right? Because anybody would be like, well, the doctor was only in there for a couple of minutes. Whereas the nurse was in there. <clears throat> like, a couple of minutes is still enough to do, uh, do dirty, but... A couple of minutes is... Because he could have had somebody in there for pain management. Just a simple, you know... Okay, you're in a lot of pain. I'm just going to give you, like, a little bit of... Well, and who's to say that he, like, he doesn't write one thing, like, oh, you know, I'm giving you this. But actually be giving them actually be giving them something else. Right. Because no one's going to question a doctor. They're not going to be like, did you actually do this? Like, did you actually write me, like, 600 milligrams of of acetaminophen? Or did you actually write me, like, 600 milligrams of diamorphine? Right. Like, am I taking... Tylenol or heroin. No one's gonna, like, if I'm in a hospital, I'm not gonna look at my doctor and be like, are you sure you know what you're doing? Right? Because, like, nobody's gonna, nobody's, and especially if, like, because, Dramatol. Dramatol is a, pretty much it's Tylenol slash ibuprofen. It just sounds like a sleep medicine. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's, I think I'm, it's like Dramatol. I think, I believe it's Dramatol. you say that and I think Dramamine. I was like, I'm gonna get sleepy. No. Uh, Dramatol is, it's essentially just liquid ibuprofen that goes like directly into, into an your, IV. Into an IV, yeah. Okay. And so, what's to say that I've been with patients before where, you know, nurse comes in, says that the doctor wrote them for some Dramatol. Who's to say that what's in if the doctor comes in and gives it? Right. Because, I mean, this was a different time, so maybe the doctor did a little bit more here. Maybe he walked in was like, I'm going to give you some Dramatol for your pain. Or, you pain. know, who's to say that the nurse didn't need a break and the doctor was like, look, I can do it. Like, I I'm not doing anything right now. Or the nurse is busy running rounds and they're just like, look, I can take five look, minutes. I look, can do it. I got this. I can go and give them their Dramatol. Like, it's fine. And then, but actually be giving them heroin. Right. And then in that way, the patient isn't going to suspect anything. Right. The like, the nurses aren't going to suspect anything. Who's Who in their right mind is going to be like, um, I think that doctor gave me heroin well, instead no of one, Tylenol. No one is going to sit there and be like, I don't believe my doctor. Like, seriously, right now if I was to go to my doctor's office and be like, I have back pain, and my doctor was like, oh, I'm going to prescribe you this, and be like, mm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google that first. Like, I mean, they actually tell you that when you receive, like, medications in a pill, that you should check with, you know. If my pharmacist is out to get me, better to him. Because, right? A, he's probably not going to get caught. Right? That's why they always say, especially nowadays, is that if you, you know, you get medications before you take them, like, they make pill books that they have pictures of all the, like, pills and you can look and verify your numbers well, my or antidepressants that I need to have a serious conversation or <laughs> even now with like cell phones I can I can get a pill I from the Google doctor a picture of it yeah. and then I can you know find the numbers like TZ3 and then well, look so on there and really weird. see what it is so and, and you know I'm sure nobody wants to hear this shit but like it's a reality thing I had had a UTI at one point and my doctor gave me two pills they were individually packed pills and it was, take one now, if this is still continuing, take the other one. I apparently never needed the other one. And my mom and I were cleaning out the bathroom the other day, and we found it, and we're both like, what the hell is this? And You had completely forgotten about it. Yeah, because at the time, I'm certain it was like, oh, you know, I'm going to remember this, I'm going to tuck this away, so we're safe. 
But later on, I didn't know what the hell it was. It's been years. And it was one of those things where, like, honestly, thank you to the power of the internet because that's wonderful. But, like, we didn't know what it was. There was nothing on that packaging that alluded to what the hell that medicine was for. It took us seriously. Did it even tell you what the medication was? Yeah, it told us the name. But, like, it's one of those things when you're, like, just looking at it and it's a little pill and a aluminum package with a name. Like, you're not... And most people can't even read pill names. Well, why would you want to? I'm not a doctor. That's not my job. I have to read pill names. But it's what you do. It is what I do. So, it's one of those things where, like, thank you to the power of the internet, like, I got to figure it out. And I'm not, like, there was internet in the 90s. Because Google came around in the, the early to mid-90s. So it's not like it was totally out of the question. But no, but but still nobody was questioning it. It's not like it was it. common. And besides that, you just wouldn't question your doctor. Because not to say that, like, times have changed and people have become cold, but times have changed and people have become cold. Right? I mean, people have become more cautious because of things like this. I mean, shit, it was that situation for a while where they were fucking drugging bottles of Advil. Where it was, like, anthrax and not oh, Advil. Oh, yeah, because, and there's also, um, I mean, this is... This was a, you know, an independent serial killer, because he actually killed people of it, but the Tylenol murders. Yeah. Where they laced them with, like, arsenic, or rat poison, or whatever they well, decided right. and to... And that's kind of what I'm talking about. It's, it's the same gist as, like, <clears throat> you know, times changed where shit became untrustworthy. Right. Because we had trust for it, and, so and now, then someone ruined I mean, it. I mean, when, you know... Pharmacists and doctors and stuff start telling you, hey, before you take these medications, check to be sure that they're actually the medications that we prescribe to you. Oh, like, I'm make like, sure. I trust my Walgreens pharmacist, like, and I would hope that I mean, he's I, not going to kill I me. trust my Walmart pharmacy. <laughs> I, I don't know. I go to Walgreens, and then the pharmacist comes out, and he's like, Do you have any questions? After reading me a long list of things that could go wrong, and I'm petrified in fear, and I'm like, no. Well, like, I give them my ID, I give them, I, you know, pay for it, pay, like, my 588 because my health care. Because your premium. <laughs> and then, you know, I go home, and I take it. Yeah, I, I don't, don't even question, guess it. Like, I don't question it. And, do you know like, how many antidepressants I've been on? Shit. I just, and take, like, I, I pick was, it up, I tell the pharmacist, thank you, I get in the car, I pop the pillow, I go about my day. Like, I went, if one I day went, I didn't wake up because of it, well, that's on me. Right, like, I went, and, like, you know. My mom had gotten a new prescription. Right. So, I, I was there with her when when she when she got it, and she immediately before taking the pill checked it. This is how I found out that like they're recommending people to, you know, check their medications before you take them. Like, hire not sketchy fucking pharmacy techs then. Well, it's not even sketchy pharmacists. It's just you never know, and it's like the world has become so much more cautious. Well, I don't... And it makes sense why. Sometimes I think it's hyper-caution. Sometimes I think one person says, hey, look into this thing, and then it becomes a fucking trend. There are some things that I will say, no, you're being hyper-cautious. Like, I mean, I'm gonna say something. It's like the coronavirus. Well, the the coronavirus is the flu without a... It's like a fucking flu without a vaccine. It is. I mean, they've literally said that it's killing off old people. That's the fucking flu. If you have a weak immune system, you're dying. I don't even want to talk about it. Right? It triggers me. It's not affecting kids. Well, kids 
kids can transmit it, but they're not getting it themselves. And if mm-hmm. they are, they're barely showing. And the CDC is even said it's just like the flu. Wash your fucking hands. Right, just wash your hands. Stop touching your face. And it, it's like, it's got a 3% death rate. And people are blowing up about it. They're like, well, I'm not going to eat anything from China. And Well, the thing is, it's like, okay, Ebola. It came in, it hit like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. The difference is, is that Ebola was well contained. Nobody questioned the coronavirus until it had already spread. Right. It is not the fact that it is a worldwide phenomenon. It is that nobody caught it until it had already spread. Well, because people were treating it just like the flu, because it has the same symptoms as the flu. Well, think about it. We evolve. We evolve medicines. There, there are things that we have treated with medications and antibiotics that there will be super viruses that that beat those things. They can't be treated by those same things. It is a part of evolution, and viruses are the same way. They're going to become bigger. They're going to become better. We're not going to be able to do it. But at some point, our immune system's going to say, "You know what? Fuck you. We're not doing this anymore." And it's not even going to phase us anymore. Right, but it's it's just one of those things where we become hyper cautious over some things. Do I think checking your meds is important? Yeah, but I don't think my pharmacy is held to kill me. Right, and I would be much more on alert if I was in a hospital setting where you are in constant medication and constant contact with people all the time. I mean, as well with that, like, I mean, not to say that hospitals aren't well organized because. They seem to be. I mean, I just lost my piss for over an hour. I will believe nothing. Right. I mean, I don't work in a hospital, but I mean, they, you know, seem to be pretty organized and they have, I mean, having stayed in the hospital with quite a few patients, um, there is a long list of things that they have to do before they can administer a medication well, for right. a patient. I find but it funny the that they time. can use your urine for an hour, but they know exactly what they're doing when they're distributing meds to you. Right. So, and it's I'm one of those things of like, where it matters. It's like one of those things where, like, there was a forensic files case where this kid was just able to go and get medications that, and he was like a med student and... Well, how many times he was just able to go... have to fuck up before we were like, yeah, let's not do that anymore. Yeah, like, hey, let's maybe put a little more security on our medication. Like, I really hate to mention it this way, but flight security wasn't as big of a deal until after 9-11. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until after a really big incident happened that we're like... Oh shit! Maybe we should look into this. Like, oh, and maybe we, we shouldn't let people with bombs on an like, airplane. Big fucking incident. <laughs> box cutters. <laughs> they had box cutters. More than an ounce of shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't have more than an ounce of shampoo. But no, it's like sorry, I I'm just wanted even, to wash my hair while I was on vacation. Like, and didn't realize I had to spend more money. Somebody's gonna get upset and think that we're cracking 9/11 jokes, and we're not. But the thing is, is that big fucking incidents happen, and then we're like, oh shit, we should take care of that. Mm. Where, it's funny that we do that for planes, but we won't do that for fucking school shootings. So, we've, it's big incidents have to I happen mean, we before were, tiny things come into effect. I mean, I was one. We were, I mean, so was I. <laughs> I, was I mean, we, one. <laughs> but we were also, I, I find us very lucky in the means of school shootings, because we had a cop. That was at our school. In high school, my my fucking preschool got shot up, dude. I lived in I lived in a fucking gang environment. Mm, yeah, like I lived in a very shitty part of town with shitty people, where two gangs got into a fight and ended up shooting at a school. 
It's not like. Uh, and here's the thing. I want to tell you right now if my teacher had a gun, it wouldn't have fixed the thing. No. Because it doesn't. But the thing is, is these big incidents. I have don't to think happen. to fix a problem with guns means that you need guns. more guns. <laughs> like it's fire, fire mixed with fire doesn't does not doesn't put out the fire. The fire. It just makes more fire. fire and water. So you need something. You need the opposite of guns, which is love. Just give him a hug. Uh, yes, I I love walking out and being <laughs> like, I know you could shoot me, but I don't think your mom hugged you enough. Hey, you seem like you're having a bad day. Do you just need a hug? And I. It is just... People are going to think we're mocking school shootings. No. I know. It is going to be a big We're thing. not making fun of it's anything. It's just anything, but it's just stating that like these big dramatic things have to happen for actions to make to take place. So it makes you wonder how many fucking times a doctor gave the wrong medication, snuck medications, made sneaky prescriptions, did very fuckity things to where someone was like, wow, maybe we should change that. And like, Man. it's just ridiculous. Ridiculous! The amount of things that had to happen for someone to be like, you know what? Maybe we should make it where you at least need an ID card to get into the med room. I mean, this actually um, kind of fits into my next little tidbit, which was in 2003. David, I'm gonna butcher this last name. Spiegelhalter. Okay. Suggested, <clears throat> and I quote. Statistical monitoring could have led to an alarm being raised at the end of 1996, a year after he started, when there were 67 excess deaths, which means that the death rate had raised by six. It's still there. By 67 deaths. <laughs> Hi. Would you like to know about the deaths in 1996? Oh, I'm hearing it all. Okay, lovely. I can't shut the door because otherwise the cat will ruin your podcast. You're doing he a will. good job. Although he was out here before, so. Yeah, no, I shut the door and he just came up to the door. So I opened it back up and he walked away. <laughs> he, he literally sat there the entire time we were podcasting. So anyway, um, statistical monitoring could have led to an alarm being raised at the end of 1996, a year after he started his killing, which would have meant a lot less people died when... But there would were, they have revoked his license? Do you think? He's killing people, so I don't That so, doesn't mean shit. I mean, 67 people is a serial murder. Fuck yeah, it is. I think it's more than five technically considers you a serial I killer. I mean, wouldn't... More than one. What the heck, two? <laughs> wouldn't should, at least no, two? No, but I'm pretty sure, like, the amount of people you have to kill to get, like, serial killer status is, like, three and up. Which I find fun. After the first one, anything after the first time, should we consider you a serial killer? You've killed more than well, one. Well, but person. I think it also matters on if you have the same ammo. Like if you I kill, don't give like a if, fuck, Keisha. <laughs> Maybe I'll do it as my medical one. Chemical castration, where they're talking about, like, how rapists, sure, you can go to jail, but if you get out on, like, appeal or something, that you should be chemically castrated. Because it makes sense. But it's one of those things where, like, yes, he killed these people. Plus, I don't... Should he have lost his license? I don't believe that 
I actually want to figure this out. That's what great. what the sentencing is for rape charges? Because I don't think it's is it life in prison? I don't think it's life. I don't in think prison. it is life. Just remember. Three, two, one. So, upon further research, which we paused for a second just to get our grips on that, it's not life, and it's fucking far from it. So, if you rape somebody under the above the age of 15, so 15 and up, you only get a maximum of 15 years. Anybody below 15, so child rape, is 20 years. Max. Maximum. And if you rape somebody and it caused the death of the victim, you only get maximum of 30 years. And when have you ever heard of... So, average, getting the maximum. So, average Joe Schmo, 30 years old, rapes a 20-year-old victim. Uh, the maximum he's going to get sentenced is 15 years. And most of the time, they're eligible for parole, and they only have to serve a minimum of this many years. That's the thing. Like, good behavior. So he could be the nicest guy there, not causing any trouble, not getting into gang fights. Like, you know, just going there, doing his everyday shit. And maybe he's fucking grade A at making some license plates. Sweet. He's going to get out early. Mm-hmm. He really is. Like, they... They... Try to say that the justice system works, but it doesn't. Because there are people who have, like, petty drug crimes who are in prison for, like, 30 fucking years. But then you're telling me somebody who willingly took someone else's sexual being from them at max, out of all of it, serves 30. And obviously that doesn't include if there's, like, attacked on murder charge. But regardless, like, that's... Not a lot. Not a lot. And you never hear of it. <clears throat> and if it is done where they can get, like, max 15 years with no possibility of parole, they're still going to get out. I mean, you know, if the if the perpetrator is 30, 15 years? They're 45. They're still young and able. Yeah, they still have a life to lead. Right? They're, it's not like they're, like old as dirt now and well, I think the thing that fly. pisses me off about it now is that like they get free meals and a gym and they can get a college education for free which makes sense if we're if we were a rehabilitating country but we're not right, the United we are States a, doesn't rehabilitate we are a prison system where you are there because you've committed a crime and you're staying and there's there. no help for you to go back into the community especially for people who are so, on life sentences like he is on 15 well it just which a lot of times if you are convicted of more than one murder a lot of times you will be sentenced for more than one murder charge well and the, the thing more is, victims is like, you have, certainly i wouldn't want somebody like that re- rehabilitated but there's a fucking line like if I don't know. It's just thinking back on this case and being like, would he even have served that long in prison? Right. Because he was a doctor and, you know, he held standard. And people like that, like we were talking about the Harvard guy. Right. They will literally let you get away with things because of the fact that you have a title. Right. Because you mean something. I mean, there was no possibility of parole for him. And he was well, recommended to never... I would love to, to see never... the possibility of parole for 15 life sentences. <laughs> Uh, you'll be eligible for parole in your 15th life sentence halfway through. <laughs> Yay. Oh yeah, he's totally still gonna be alive and kicking. Well, and what defines a life sentence? The rest of your life. 
Is it though? Hey Siri. What is the length of a life sentence? Okay. I found this on the web for what is the length of a life sentence. Check it out. Well, this website seems trustworthy. Da, 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 da. Da, da, da. Ba, ba. How long? A life sentence in prison in prison term that typically is a prison term that typically lasts for one's lifetime. However, an individual may be able to receive a sentence that could potentially allow them to be released at some point. For example, a judge may impose a sentence a sentence of thirty years to life with a chance of parole. It's kind of one of those things of like twenty five to life. Okay. Life means you're never getting out. You are going to be there until you die. And so this funny Facebook thing. Totally off topic, by the way. Um, this guy technically died and came back to life. So he felt like his life sentence should be done because he technically died. Yeah. Because he, he flatlined. He was dead for like two minutes. He was dead, but, but he came back. He didn't. He's not a new person, though. He died, though. It's a life sentence. Your life ended and, and then, then picked back up. Rebooted. But it ended. Does but that then it count? rebooted like a computer. Because, like, if you survive the fucking electric chair, which, rare, and I don't think it's ever really happened, but let's say, whoop, let's say you do it. <laughs> whoop. <laughs> You fucking survived the electric chair. Do you get to stay? Like, if you died, and you can bet. Maybe, are you, are you maybe they'll just be like, ha, oh, let's try again. I think it's happened, though. Take it back to like, the Like, lethal injection, I know that that has failed because people have, like, adrenaline and they're fucking... Like, they fucking beast mode their way out of adrenaline. Well, yeah, so and so their bodies, like... They deny it. Ah, no! But then they just give them another dose. Which is super... Which, by the way... If you're not in the United States and you're listening to this, this should be a really fun fact. It is way more expensive to seek to keep somebody in prison for life than it is to kill them. Actually, no. I have that mixed up. It is cheaper to keep them in prison for life than it is to kill them because of the fact... No. This seems fucking bonkers. The medicine it takes to kill them, the legal papers that you have to fill out, you're fighting, like... So You took someone's life. Mm-hmm. There have been a number of cases in the United States alone where somebody's been found not guilty later on. It is cheaper to keep somebody in prison for the rest of their life than it is to kill them. Because then you have to prove without a shadow of a doubt that they were guilty. And the thing well, yeah, is, in order even to- if you fucking don't, you killed the man, and now... Now he's found not guilty, and he can never take that back. Right. You and can't now, bring like, the man back. His family, or her family, because it happens to women too, you know, they have to live with, he wasn't guilty and he was he put died. to death. And I mean, I don't feel like we should really touch on, you know, should or should we or should we not? Capital punishment, or just not. Because there's, I don't want to poke the bear. Well, because there's so many, because there's a lot of religion about, or behind it as well. It's not even a religious thing so much for me. Where it morality. Just, there is a million different opinions and there's a million different, like, I am almost 21. I'm not sitting here to tell people what the fuck morality is. 
I'm not going to tell you how to be moral. I'm not going to tell you how to be a morally good person. It would be a waste of my fucking time. Because everybody defines good differently. Everybody has their own opinion. And you know, like, a good person to me is somebody who uses their fucking blinker and opens the door. That's very low on the morality scale as far as things go. Right? Like, I'm pretty sure Jeffrey Dahmer did that. I mean, you never know. But besides that, like, someone's definition of good is you donate $10,000 to charity every year. I don't even make ten grand right now to just give away. Right. Like, that's- so, I- as much as, like, we've A, gotten off topic, but B- Wildly off topic. But B, like, I- I can't sit here and say that Harold Shipman was a shitty person. I have no idea. I can tell you that Albert Fish was a shitty person. Oh, he was, there was no actual human garbage. Ask. There was looking at all of that. I could tell you straight up, him getting his death sentence was fucking deserved. Right. And killing old people, yeah, that's really shitty. But like, I'm not here to tell you how his sentencing should have gone. Mm-hmm. Somebody out there in the world said 15 life sentences is fair. The judge. Because you took someone's it life. It wasn't, um, as far as I was able to research, he did not have a jury. He had a judge. So he didn't have a jury of his peers. I, you know what? That might not be applicable. I really don't understand how the United Kingdom's legal system works. So I can only base it off of the United States legal system, which is whack. Right, and that's a whole nother thing. Is I... Don't have it here in my notes, and I cannot remember if it said it in there, and I just forgot to write it down. But as far as I believe, he did not have a jury, and it was just Justice Forbes. So it was just him and Judge Forbes. And all of the mountains of evidence that on the prosecuting side. Okay. Well, Well, because they had a... I mean, they had a ton of forensic evidence. They had all of these documents that had been created post-death. They had, a, I mean, I, I, don't I know if you touched on it. How did they find out that they were post-death? They were able to see in the computerized documents. Oh, they were computerized. Well, yeah, at least were... at least the later ones, like once computers were. Um, well, and that was just, if they were computerized, that's a totally different thing. You can trace those footsteps for days. Right. They, I mean, but... you can go into, you can go into my computer and see that, you know. I'd rather you not. I, <laughs> I created a document labeled Harold Shipman. You know what? Not even you know a week ago. Fucked up my Google documents would look right now. You know, fucked up my Google searches would look right now. Because I guarantee you, I'm on a watch list somewhere for this week. <laughs> well, yeah, because you were looking up Albert Fish. Well, is, he's not like a well-known killer, right? so I'm certain there's someone somewhere going, huh? I mean, but weird. Even in the even in the past, it's like I mean, right now I'm looking up the you know life I have on my phone. Right now, still lit up because what is I. The life senten- what is the sentence for rape? Well, well right now it's what, what is, is the, the life, life of a length of a of a what is the length of a life sentence? But before that, I googled like what is the life sentence for for what is the sentence rape? For rape, right? And like even then, that could be like um, hey, somebody used the search word of rape. Well, like, Maybe we should keep an eye on this person. But even then, with our with our last podcast and and you know the ones that we have coming up that we've already prepared for, sometimes you gotta Google some strange. Well, you have fucking questions, like you know we're talking about 
I guess spoiler alert, we were talking about conspiracy theories. You Google some of the weirdest shit when you're looking into true-to-form conspiracy theories. Especially mine, because mine's super unclassified. Well, yours is... Or classified? Yours is super classified information. Mine's just... Like, it's trying confusing. to figure... So, I mean, when, you're, when you're sitting here and you're, you're getting ready to record this shit, certainly we bring our notes to the table. I don't have all the answers. I have no fucking clue. I am doing my best with everything I've read. Right, right, with everything that we can find on just the regular internet. Right, like, and the thing is, do I have access to the deep web? That's a secret I'll never share. But I don't. I can avidly <laughs> say I don't, and I don't want to go there. I've heard some shady stuff about that. shady. But the thing is, is when you're sitting here, and, you know, we're talking about, well, why was this man served 15 life sentences? Well, why is a man who rapes children not served life sentences? You know, it's just, like we said, I we're not here to define morality. Because that's something that, to each his own. And we're not to say that, like, people uh, haven't, because there, there have been people that go to prison, and, you know, they serve, and they come out a better, a generally a better person. Like, they just, like, they either, they, they find their religion, or they find a hobby, and they come out generally a better person. Fuck if you found a hobby. Oh my god, I've taken on to fucking making necklaces. That's great. But there are people Gerald, that don't. You spin. killed seven people, Gerald. I think death, no matter if you killed somebody, no matter what it is. I mean, this is just personal opinion, which I know I'm gonna get shit for. Oh, I know this podcast. It could be big someday. They're gonna come back to this episode and be like, "What the fuck were you saying?" It's really like a Shane Dawson thing, where like shit he made ten years ago is affecting shit now. Doesn't make any sense. It'll be this fucking thing, right? Because even even you know, in like two years, if we're still doing this podcast, which I I hope so, freaking well, hope so. Like, hope we don't crash and burn by then. Me. Um, but it's like we we'll have grown, we'll have learned. What to what? say and what not to say. Because the thing is here, we both have our own personal opinions. And I'm and not afraid of, of sharing my opinions. I'm certain to say there will be some point where I piss somebody off by saying I don't think a killer was that bad. And the grand scheme of things, and all the murders that have ever happened, I think there's a scale of good to bad. And this episode alone, I can tell you that I think Harold Shipman is far better than Albert Oh, Fish. like, he's a far... Not I mean, even just because he killed older people, which to me, like, killing older people, does it take their life away? Yes. But they were older. Molesting and killing six-year-old children? Totally different fucking thing. To me, in my head, there's that good-to-bad scale, where it's like, Albert Fish is really bad. I'm not saying that Harold Shipman's any better, but he's a lot fucking, on the scale of crime... Well, because you got because I mean you have me. that right where there's different scales. It's like I I mean I feel like I am a better person than a serial killer, right? Because I don't kill people and I don't have the urge to kill people. And yeah, I get mad and I'm like, oh, I can kill you, but but I will never actually it. act on it because I am too much of a baby bitch. Well, they talk that about this I would... in meditation. Fun fact. Hmm? They talk about this in meditation, that everybody has this dark place that we're very scared of. Where it's, you know, and this is very dramatic. Fuck, I want to punch that baby. It's just crying. And all I can hear in the grocery store is crying. And I can hear that fucking child from ten aisles over. I mean, that's even part of, like... Shut the fuck up. And it is called this dark space. And it meditation classes will literally be like, 
you don't have to fear that place. It's natural. But how many people let that dark place just consume them? Mm-hmm. Where that urge of, fuck, I wish that person would just die, it It actually makes me them. wonder of... It bleeds over into your which, real world. It, which, we'll actually talk about this in another episode. A little bit of a spoiler. We have a psychology episode coming up. And I will touch on... I'll have to figure a lot of that kind of stuff out on, like... So everybody has this dark place. But is there something in people that kill... The people who have killed over. that maybe they have like you know a higher maybe they maybe it's a thing of statistically more people who have killed people have a form of mental illness which some people are just like well yeah they had to be mentally corrupt but maybe well, they're not you know, not like, everybody has I have, anxiety acts the same way with anxiety. Right? It's a different thing. I mean, uh, you and I both have depression. We but both. we have two very different types of depression. Right? It is, and that's, like, just because these two people killed, they are not the same type of killer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's shitty to categorize people that way, but really, when you look down at the nitty gritty, like, there's this thing called Murderpedia. If you get really fucking bored, I suggest it. Just a good read. <laughs> just a good read. But, you know, you go on there, and it has little classifications for killers. And Albert Fish had little fucking classifications. Did I... The thing is... Did is you like, get curious and look at what other people were he... Like, he was classified in the same class? No, because here's the thing. After reading about Albert Fish and going through that fucking mental dilemma of, should I even put this out on the air? Yeah, because that was a big question of, like, can, the, can we even film this episode... Well, my thing is this. I don't want to give anybody any ideas. I don't want to bring a past case that has essentially died out to light. And then one fucking person out there in the world hears this and they're like, that's a good fucking idea. Because it's not. Right? Especially, like, because I don't, I don't want to disclose the, you know, the reasons why we have a giant disclaimer on that. I don't want to bring that into, you know, this lighter, I guess, section. But, I mean, there was the, you know... Right. That was, um... Which you guys would know if you guys listened to Albert Fish. He was... He was just... He was a train wreck. And, like, you see that, and what if someone's like, now I'm curious. Well, and we've, we've both personally had this conversation, and you know my opinions, and I know yours, and if you don't know mine, that's a problem. I'm trying to remember what this conversation that we had was, because I'm like... About if you would. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I don't remember having this conversation. You know know my feelings, and I know yours. But there's the thing, like, when you look at Albert Fish and you look at Harold Shipman, they're two very different people. Mm -hmm. They're two very different killers. Arguably, I'd say Albert Fish was incredibly uneducated. I think there's also a giant time difference in that, too. Well, there is. He was much earlier. And Harold Shipman came much later. Right? And how... How old was... Um... How old was Albert when he had his first first kill? Or his first crime? I think he was 18. So he also started... Younger. Significantly younger than... But he went for a shit. really fucking long time. I mean, I'm not saying he didn't. He obviously did. He has quite the rap sheet of 
like 200 plus people, uh-huh. that's nothing to fucking sneeze at. That's a really shitty thing. But like, while Albert Fish doesn't have that rap sheet, he also wasn't that kind of guy. Uh-huh. I mean, he, to him, to him it was sex. It was a sex thing. Mm-hmm. To Harold Shipman, he doesn't really show any. We don't fucking really know why motive. he did it either, because he's never he never showed signs. He's, he never showed a motive. He, I mean, he until the day he died, like he killed himself in prison because he's like, I would rather be dead than to serve this sentence because he, you know, he didn't want to go down in history. Which too late, but you already did with your two hundred and some odd people killed. Right. Um, y'all already went down in history, bud. Um, but he, he really didn't want to go down for, you know, serving, fif- like, as much of his 15 right. life he sentences as he didn't just sit there and wait. He wanted to take power into his own hands. Yeah, and I think... How did you... Like, what turned you on to Harold Shipman? How did you Well, I was him? amazed at... <clears throat> what really kind of drew me in was how long... First, how long his, um... Uh, pardon the way I say this, killing spree lasted. Right. And how many people. Right. And then the fact that I knew you were doing Albert Fish. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, immediately, I'm like, okay, I've never heard of this guy. I want to see what he is. And I saw that your guy, because I already, ha- I already had Harold. I had Harold. I had Harold and, like, a couple others in, like, this little thing. And I was doing pros and cons and, like, doing brief research of, like, who would be the most, the like, you know, the more interesting. And I, he was very interesting to me because of, like, you know, how long he was able to go, how many people right. he killed. But he was also drastically different from Albert. Well, and that's, like, when I say I, I took a very keen interest in him, I heard of him when I was younger. I've never seen him in, like, limelight. You know, like, they're talking about Ted Bundy, and they've made the Ted Bundy files and shit like that on Netflix, and and that's great. Thank you for making a serial killer turn on a bunch of fucking 20-year-old women. That's not creepy at all. Right. But, like, no. Dude, there's memes about it. Oh, yeah. It's not my fault that they made Zac Efron Ted Bundy. That's their problem. Like, don't get me wrong. Zac Efron, pretty guy. Um, and honestly... Ted Bundy was handsome. Ted Bundy was handsome. Or else he wouldn't have gotten away with the shit that he did. Like, was he a good guy? Uh, I mean, well, he had good moments. But I mean, and he was very charismatic, not. but like, you know, he killed women. So like, probably not the but most the charming guy, not the guy you would like, want your girl to be going home with. Fish was not, he was not in the limelight. He was I not mean, notorious. I've never, I've never seen anybody mention him. I mean, before you told me about him, I didn't know who this guy was. Because that's the thing, shit like that gets swept under the rug. I mean, I think he was on my list of people that I, well, not, like, I wasn't gonna do my thing on him, but I, you know, started out with a simple Google search of, like, I think I searched, like, most infamous serial killers. Right. Because they made two movies about him, and they are not popular. Well, because I wanted- I've watched them both. Right? Like, I wanted, I wanted someone who was, like- you know, had a, a big had, fucking deal. Well, I wanted someone with a big rap sheet, um, who had a really interesting case. Mm-hmm. And Albert Fish was on the list. Albert Fish was below Harold Shipman because mm-hmm. Harold Shipman was one of the on the list. I wonder if it's just based on numbers because numbers wise, Albert Fish does not stand out. He does not make any difference. I mean, like the, like I told you, and like it was mentioned earlier. A max ten people that he can be charged with. That's not. 
that's not big numbers. And I know that's shitty to say as far as, like, people's lives go, but ten is not a lot it's, given in things. In just numbers. Not, this is, not these are human lives and that they, they don't matter because they do. Human lives matter. But ten but, to two hundred makes a big difference. I mean, even ten to fifteen. There's right. still five deaths in between there. Or the amount that I was actually able to quantify and count is that there were an excess of 67 deaths in females by 1996, and then another additional 119 between 96 and 98. Right, and that's the thing, like... Oh, I actually had that wrong, is that this was like 10, 11 years after he started. Okay. So... Between, but even then, so between seventy killed between a shit ton well of between seventy five and ninety six, which is like what twenty one years, he killed sixty seven people to, that we that, that we know that of. you can confirm. And then between ninety six and ninety eight, he killed an additional one hundred nineteen. Right, he almost he and this he and kept those, up the same amount every year. Essentially, those numbers are not counting. The 15 that he was, or, that he was charged with. Right. Those ones were kept separate. These are the ones otherwise. We don't know who they are. At least I couldn't find out who they, who they are or how they died. I, trust me, I look. But there when it's just the some, difference of brutality. Right, Because like, that almost seems way more peaceful. Right, because they were just. Albert Fish did it very personal. Whereas Harold Shipman, it was not really personal. It was just kind of, you're fucking convenient. Like, here's a drug. And I'm going to let gonna, you go. Like, here's a drug I'm going to give you. And you're going to die. And you're essentially going to wither off into a long sleep. And there's there's the thing when you just, when you look back at all of this. and when we That's another up, that I want to look into when I do my psychology one. Mm-hmm. Is, what is the difference between people that... You know, kill with well. There's poison. There is the difference between personal. Mm-hmm. If I stab you, that's very personal. If I shoot you, it's not. Right, because I can shoot you from a block away. If I stab you, I need to be in your face. Right, you need to be in my face, and you get to see you your life. Leave, leave my you. eyes. And you know, as we're wrapping up this episode, and I really hope to end on a more positive note than this. It's one of those things where, at the end of the day, I think Harold. I think Harold is a lot better than Albert. Mm. And while Albert has gone damn near unnoticed, he's not someone who should be forgotten because copycats do exist. And if we found this with a simple Google search, imagine the amount of people who obsessively search this shit. Right, imagine, I mean, like, we... I mean, this is I mean, we're not at a lack of not like, obsessively searching, but like, like the wording that I'm about to say this is probably wrong, but I really don't give nine shits or two shits or any shits. <laughs> no. We are intrigued by serial killers. Correct. I I, I think it's interesting I to think Friends of someone files, else's brain, right? I watch Friends and Files every night when I go to bed. You know this. So I'm going to bed. I watch Ghost Adventures. I'm going to bed <laughs> listening to cases of typically murder. Right. And I I find the brain I find someone's brain that operates differently from my own interesting. Right? I mean that's the same thing. You kill people 
I'm intrigued. Not because of the fact that you kill people. Your brain's different than mine, and I want to know why. I want to know what in my brain is different than in your brain. Like, what in my brain makes me function like a train wreck? <laughs> like, what in my brain leads me to having anxiety attacks and eating McDonald's in my bed at 10 o'clock at night? But makes you go out and rape and kill people at 10 o'clock at night. Like, how do we function differently? You might be more efficient than I am. You certainly have more skills I mean, than I do. I mean, we definitely function the same, because there's definitely times where I've gotten McDonald's at 10 o'clock at night, sat in my bed, cried, don't watching a serial killer documentary. Like, don't fucking lie to me, DoorDash. I know it's busy at 10 o'clock at night, because there's 30 singles in my area who are sitting in bed, crying, and eating fucking McDonald's. Don't lie to me. I am sitting, recording this podcast right now, eating mini marshmallows. I'm waiting for this podcast to be over to eat my fucking Taco Bell. <laughs> like, and it's, it's 11.20 at night. It's 11 o'clock at night, and we're a mess. But that's the, like, I, it is not that I want to be them. I am strictly wanting to know how you did that, how you got to be that person, and it's, it's shitty to have to sit here and make disclaimers and talk over ourselves and fuck around with wording to get to the, the brunt of this being. We talk about shit that hurts people's feelings and makes people uncomfortable because we find it interesting. And here's the thing, is that if you don't like what we're talking about, that's fine. You don't have to. You don't have to. Just because, and I mean, you and me started this not with any intention to, you know, Make it big and you know no become popular. This is mainly for us. But you is and that... I both know this as well. Courtney and I both are very much into crime. The people we're with could give two fucks less that this is what we do in our free time. If anything, I'm pretty certain it makes them more concerned than it does. When the day that I met my significant other, my wording was wrong. I forgot some words in there. What I meant to say was, I like to watch serial killer documentaries. Did you I like serial killers? <laughs> no! 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 What came out was, I love serial killers. Oh. And he still chose to, like, like, you know, be with me. And, on and you know, like, someday, he's like, he's like, yeah, I want to marry you one day. And, well, the thing, and here's, the, like, <laughs> you know this just as well as I do. Yeah, you, I know that one. Him and I joke around. Okay? But, like... He knows that true crime is my obsession. He will never, ever listen to an episode of this. And probably because he doesn't want to know. You know, he, he probably sits in there and he's listening to this shit right now. And he's probably going, fuck, she's going to do this one day. And I'm certain. <laughs> he's literally he just in the other room and he has to. He's being forced to listen to this. He doesn't. He probably will never listen to this podcast because he doesn't want to be held accountable for if I fucking snap. They'll be like, ah, listen, dude. I couldn't tell you, but I know she has a podcast and you might want to check it out. Oh, that was for sure. This is just documented evidence of the fact that if one day I have a mental break, this was a long time coming. I just done a podcast. I love serial killers. <laughs> well, and, like, mind you, I, we've discussed this. It is not that I love what you did. I just love, I love your thought. Right. Like, I love thinking of what you and have it's done. Like, you know what? If I was ever, you know, so say in the future... Which, I'm not saying I would ever do this. You're gonna snap and become a secret life of Stepford Wives. Marking my words, I will... Joe Kenda will find you. Never do this. <laughs> I would love for Joe Kenda to he's find you. He's gonna come if, out of retirement and you find You know, if wives. he comes to find me and he just goes, Oh, my, my, my. I'll be like, Yeah, this is worth it. <laughs> At the end of the day, I, I don't did it. This. I 
did it. I killed that person. I just need Betty White to walk up and be like, Autumn. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. I fucked yeah. up. <laughs> like, this is a but bad it's idea. Like, but it's like, if I was ever being prosecuted for, you know, a serious crime, like a murder charge, which not to say I ever would. Because well, right. I don't feel that I need to kill somebody to get my point across. I just cry. feel like with, you know, backing up my facts and knowing my information, I can get my point across quite well. And I, you know what, if they don't if they don't follow with it, I just cut that person out of my life and never talk to them again. It's fine, you'll cool. smile up with your dog, cry, watch Forensic Files, and fucking sleep. I need Taco Bell. I need ice cream. It's gonna be good. And then poop my guts out at 2am because I'm lactose intolerant. Um, says every lactose intolerant person ever. But, but it's, that's fine. At the end of but, the day, if you don't listen to another episode of this podcast, uh, then that's fine. Right, but they will be able to come back. And who's to say that a prosecutor isn't gonna come in here and get the bit where I say... I love serial killers. <laughs> and just play that clip at my prosecution. Sitting there in court and, and like, Your Honor, that's taken out of context. <laughs> and literally, like, play the rest of the clip where I, I say. to play the other three hours of this because we went on for far too fucking long <clears throat> bantering. And I request that we not take a recess, a recess once and we will all sit here and right imagine, now. And this will likely be in the future. It's like, so what? We're going to... Decide my fate based on something I said when I was 20. Ooh. <laughs> in a podcast? <laughs> with my friend talking about Albert Fish and Harold Shipman? Are we really gonna go there I right just now? I keep giggling because, like, I keep saying Albert Fish while I'm staring at my fish tank, and I'm just like, fish! <laughs> but, you know, and this. So, certainly, this is just evidence against us for one day when everything goes wrong and <clears throat> we snap and. I'm certain that the wrong person will take this out of context and say shit. So you plan on snapping? I don't know. I don't think it'd be unlikely. Ask um, my therapist. I think I'm gonna warn him to like. Oh, I'm, I'm certain he knows. <laughs> I think I'm gonna be like. Um, he was here through the bad stuff, and you remember the bad stuff. He was here for that. I'm certain he's well aware that if shit goes south, to hop ship just. Whoop, I gotta go. Which is fine. Leave me with my cats and my fish, and quite honestly, I will live a peaceful, painful existence. That's it. That's the reality of the matter. Honestly, just leave you with TikTok, your fish, and cats? I'm gonna be fine. Make sure you got some Gatorade and some popcorn. Yeah, I'm gonna be fine. And you'll be a-okay. Okay, I'm gonna heal myself. It's gonna be good. But, you know, I guess to wrap this up, because we've gone on way too long, and Wait. you're going to have a fun time editing this. Yeah, because we record this, and then Courtney goes home, and she works way too many hours at a job that doesn't like her, and I... Okay, go to so work. you have to cut that out, because <laughs> there's definitely a girl at work that was like, saw me doing my research. Okay, but I didn't see it's a job you didn't like. You love that job. It's a job that doesn't like you. Um, I would not like anything about my job to be here, besides the fact that I work in healthcare. Yeah. I don't need Lighthouse finding this. At one point, I mean, like, um, that's not really the person that we want representing okay. our company. Regardless, like, you're going to go back to your daily life, and I'm going to finish my fucking application, or my fucking paperwork, to start working at a bookshop, which, by the way, gives me you vibes all the way. Like, the show, you. It just gives me vibes. Where I'm like, oh no, I like I like to to investigate serial killers, and I'm gonna work at a bookstore, huh? 
I'm gonna buy a glass box. <laughs> Are you going to kill me one day? I am too lazy to stand outside in the cold in northern Michigan wearing a baseball cap and hiding behind trees, so probably not. Also, I'm pretty sure you have my Apple location. So, <laughs> before I text you half the time I look, because I don't know if you're going to be, like, down in Houghton Lake or up here. None. I'm probably at home. <laughs> so I look to see if you're home. Sometimes I spice it up and go to my mom's. Oh, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> she's at her mom's again? Like, oh, it's like the fourth time this week. That's like, I've seen you there every day. I just want to hang out with you. But, like, you look like you're busy, so. No, she, I just get free food. I mean, it's fucking free food. I know that my mom's probably listening to this unless she tapped out because of some sensitive topics that we talked about earlier. Um, but mom, if you're still here, hi, I love you. And um, my mom looks never. My mom likes murder stuff too. Well, right now, she's hooked on Snapped. Oh, uh, good woman. That show is such a good show. I I've showed I'm her episodes trying. of Joe Kenna, Homicide Hunter. I'm trying very hard to get Jeff to watch Ghost Adventures, and he just won't. He's like, I don't believe in ghosts. I'm like, fuck you, believe. Believe in ghosts. You wouldn't catch me watching that shit either. Do <laughs> I do not believe in ghosts. <sighs> Forget that everyone in my life's like, I don't believe in ghosts, but I'm sure you're all fast to hop on the train of aliens. Yeah. Fuck everybody. I mean, just look, just wait for the conspiracy so theory video the, and you'll the see. The concept of energy not dying and staying on Earth and creating spirits is so fucking out of this world when energy can't be created nor destroyed. So it's so fucking out of the realm for ghosts to exist. But like, aliens from another planet- No, fuck everybody. Ghosts are real. I'm gonna make a whole episode about it. It's gonna be a whole fucking thing. We're gonna fight. It's gonna be a 1v1 ghost versus non-ghosts. I'm yes. gonna be a bitch about it. <laughs> we could also do the same thing. Aliens versus no aliens. I'm not saying, statistically speaking, this is going nowhere, but for for my editing purposes later, statistically speaking, it is fucking impossible that there is not something else out there. There has to be. Statistically speaking, there's gotta be something else. But Especially since we are not the only universe. No one is going to change my mind that ghosts exist. They fucking do. They're real. They're out there. Woo-wing around at everybody's fucking home. (laughs) Alright, just because you said that when I die, no matter how I die, if ghosts exist, I'll come back and I'll let you know. I'll come back. I'll grab some red lipstick. The worst part is, is no one got to see that. Which is fine. You guys I are probably like, happy you didn't see that because there were, you know, titties <laughs> flapping around. <laughs> I look like shit right now. But we need to wrap this up. We're going well, on. we don't want a three hour long podcast? Forever. You know, I don't think anybody wants to listen to it. Yeah, I think you, my family members would be like, I'm done. If I want to listen to her talk for three hours, I'll see her at Christmas. That's um, my aunt right there. <laughs> she lives nine hours, nine, ten hours away. Jesus. So when she sees me, you know, I don't stop talking because I miss her. She's, I'm literally like a carbon copy of her. I'm a carbon copy of my aunt who had a mental break, left her husband and her kids, moved into a one-bedroom apartment, and has been a hermit for seven months. You better be careful with this one, Jeffy! <laughs> Seductive eyebrow raising. Um, 
<clears throat> Don't I seduce you? <laughs> are, are you not intrigued? <laughs> no, but I guess to wrap I'm it up. I'm sorry about you. It's just marshmallows. The amount of shit that's gonna go onto like Instagram of just outtakes. Honestly, we should just make a YouTube channel purely for this. You know, my favorite YouTuber Corpse Husband does, he does like his original content, but then he has like a side thing where he just uploads his fucking outtakes, and it's usually him going, da da da, fuck! (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we we have outtakes from earlier that are deleted and will never be seen again. Oh, you deleted those? Why did you delete them? I wanted those. It wasn't on purpose. It was just the fact that I was getting really frustrated at starting the podcast. I forgot to say hello! <laughs> yeah. Um, so we need to wrap hey, everyone, up. fuck. <laughs> we, we need to wrap up. Um, essentially, trust nothing. I taken away from Trust me. nothing. Trust no one. Never leave your house the end um let's maybe not <laughs> tell everyone to just become hermits and conspiracy theorists and what is wrong um just it's like, me live your life no it's my ex-boyfriend woof just like live your life and maybe don't don't kill, kill people. people because there's there, there's the psa that'll make it onto a t-shirt live your life and don't kill people <laughs> future merch everybody it'll come from the Third episode we I ever did. I think it's going to be the third, but I, I don't know if we're going to rework the, the the stream and just make this the first episode and start over, or if we should just add to it. Or let's just let's just leave the first episode there. Because honestly, realistically, I could I could totally go back and edit everything and just post it all, and then at some point they're going to be like, "Wow, the quality got a lot better." And it's like, "Haha, yeah, Autumn learned how to work a fucking microphone," <laughs> and <laughs> where Courtney's not going. Down in, and then it just looks like Autumn's talking to herself. Well, and, we're and not, making up conversation. And we're not in the bathroom else. anymore, which is right. We've upgraded to a kitchen table. Weird, weird flex, I guess. But like, and then eventually, maybe we'll have an office with like soundproof walls so that oh, your no. boyfriend doesn't have to hear if we, us talk about gringy, nasty murders. If we get an office, I'm never leaving. I know you're not. I'm gonna live in that office. Well, so then, can we have a mini fridge? Yeah, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have left. Can we just have a full size fridge? That's fine too. Like, I mean, I know my mom has an extra. If we actually got to that point where this could become a business, it's a tax write off. So that's everything. Everything's a tax write off from the government. Screw them over. Tax write off. Which which one fact was exactly what I said earlier while we were door dashing? (laughs) Not sponsored by any of these brands we've mentioned. This entire time. Unless Taco Bell feels like being risky, I'll take that. I mean, I am stopping at Taco Bell on my way home because you, I have been smelling that smelly smell goods all day because there's one thing that I can smell, which is not a lot. It's my boy, Taco Bell. Honestly, Jeff just was like, hey, do you want Taco Bell? And I'm like, I'm not going to say no. I mean, you don't even really like Taco Bell. No. But Which, I will take the sponsorship. I if will. If DoorDash wants to sponsor, that's risky, but I'll take it. Because then we could do, like, a podcast on the go, in the car, while we're DoorDashing. Which would be interesting, because <clears> it would <throat> likely be me editing out all the times I screamed at traffic. <laughs> you 
Yeah, it'd be a 45 minute segment of me yelling at people for never using a blinker. I mean, we did that earlier today while we were in yeah, the car. Yeah, and I did it for free. The fuck? And it was just me listening to it. <laughs> Which and, is and likely me, all this podcast and, is going to be anyway. And me and screaming that DoorDash isn't being fair. <laughs> because. And we just lost our DoorDash sponsorship. We're going to have to try again. Sorry, DoorDash. You're not fucking fair. All right? DoorDash gone. Taco Bell gone. I got else? two orders. And y'all motherfuckers were like, ah, no, I she's said, done. Hey, I said, hey, Siri. So maybe Apple will throw in something and be like, <laughs> whoa. I mean, I said phone. Maybe electronics. Just in general. Just electronic companies will be like, oh, they use a phone. AT and T, woo, sponsored. Excuse not- me, I need a Verizon sponsorship. I will not take. I will not me. settle for less. AT and T is better than Verizon. No one fucking is. Not. Yes, it is. The service is shit. I get service have- everywhere. So do I. So, so then, how are you about to say that service is shitty when I get service everywhere? It's better than Sprint. There's one place I don't get service, and that is West Senior High School. In my work bathrooms. So that needs to be cut out. Because I lost the last episode. Like anybody's gonna listen. Brawl yourself. <laughs> My cat's fucking broken. But at the end of the day, we need a to lot of this wrap this is getting up. cut out, isn't it? What? A lot of. This just random mumbled. We fucking have to, because the reality is, we are at almost an hour and a half. Just on this segment, yes. too. This does doesn't not include my 50 minute segment. Ahead of time. Or the segment that we talked about prior, because we ended after Albert Fish. We ended mm, no. a segment, right? We did Crime of the Day. Crimes. Crime of the Day. <laughs> that are... <laughs> is that just what it is? Is that... I think you're going to do the fucking... The really the cool ass intro music and then just do 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 crimes. Hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for sticking around. Yeah, we had cool music, but now it's just us because we don't know what we're doing. And that was fucking lame. No, because once I get a laptop, then I can play sound things and like it'll be cool and it'll be less editing. For There's real. effects and shit in here that I just haven't figured out. Well, I really want a computer. <coughs> I really want a laptop. <coughs> bye bye. I don't have $675 to give you. <laughs> Can yeah. you put me on a payment plan? <laughs> Maybe. Because, like, I need a computer. But. Because I'll pay you for it, just it might take a little while. But it's one of those things we actually need to wrap up. But, like, when we look back at this podcast, he's starting to use his litter box. It's because he got in trouble. I literally posted on a Facebook feline health advice, and everyone's like, dude, cats hate that. I'm like, yeah, tell me about it. Mine pisses somewhere else. It's not the litter box. I don't like it. Fix it. Oof. Fix my cat. I don't like that he's baking. I can't take with oh, anybody He does, like, a really prideful poop stance. Anyway. Oh, he's pooping a ton, too. Like, I know. He dude, what did you want? Also, shouldn't that thing be going off? It does not go... It won't go off until, like... He's out of the vicinity of the litter box. <laughs> so, we need to wrap this podcast up. So, thank you <clears throat> so fucking much for staying and listening. I want to sorry, we're going to delay the closing statement. It was literally, thank you so fucking much, because I 
totally didn't realize I had leaned in. And this is going to make a really big difference from talking all the way back there. We just turned into an ASMR channel. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Inside the Files. I'm Lana, and I'm Corey, and thank you for joining us today. <clears throat> Regardless, thank you, everyone, for sticking around. It certainly wasn't an easy topic for this week. It was definitely a rough ride, and if you made it to the end, congratulations. You are just as fucked up as we are. Well, you get to enjoy the blooper outtake at the end. That's true. Have fun with that. It's a goddamn train wreck. And we will see you guys next week. All right, thanks, everybody. Bye.